You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Jess and Cody. All right. You know what? This episode may just change your life. Seriously, I'm going to talk today about a simple little habit that you should start implementing right away. In fact, start today. As soon as you finish this episode, get going. This episode is going to be pretty short and sweet and straight to the point, but I want to share with you um, some things that can really make a big difference for your hormones, for your body composition, your health, and your longevity. So let's not discount it, even though it's something really easy to do. Not all of our episodes need to be complicated science, right? So before we begin this life-changing episode, let's go into our favorite segment, Mixers Girls Say. Today, I get to read through some incredible Her Time reviews. Her Time has changed and is continuing to change thousands and thousands of women's lives. It's the product that started this company. Mm -hmm. And it's the product that Cody and I are absolutely passionate about. We love all of our products. But that's the baby. Her time is our baby. It's our cute little baby. So I'm going to read a couple um, reviews from customers. Just wanted to tell y'all, thank you. I have PCOS and haven't really had a regular period for about six years. It is a huge anxiety point for me, and I worry about it all the time. After taking her time every day for about a month and a half, I just finished a regular period cycle. She puts in all caps. (laughs) I'm seriously bawling, and I'm so grateful. Most people hate buying tampons, but I was grinning from ear to ear when I bought my first pack of tampons in years this week. So excited. I'm so grateful for a healthy period. Thanks, ladies. She... That's so fun to read mm-hmm. because she understands the power of a period. Yeah, and she, she appreciates wants it. her period and she loves it. And that I love that we have been a part of her hormone health journey. I know that makes hey, me so happy. Time. And good job, mom. Yeah, that was that mom yep. that handed her that little bit of info. Yes. That's great. So good. Mm-hmm. Next, hi. I have been on her time for about a week now and have seen a huge change in my life already. I have struggled with really bad hormonal imbalance and potential B- PCOS. I went to my OBGYN and they put me on medication to treat my hormones and I got terrible side effects that progressively were getting worse. I was exhausted, depressed, and nauseous every day. My mom suggested I try her time and the symptoms are going away. I have energy and feel better than I have in a long time and it's only been one week. I am absolutely fascinated by this company and the results and resources you offer. All these moms. Yeah. We love these we moms. Love They're just helping their daughters <laughs> yeah. with her time. It's and probably you guys that are listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. I bet. You know, yeah. it's one of you girls that are probably the moms to these, yep. these girls. We love it. We love that women are opening up in their homes about period health and also that women are finding the importance in taking care of your hormone health. Um, let's get into the episode. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Okay, think about this. When we have a long day of work, running errands, or cleaning up our houses, or 
We may already just be feeling tired, you know, by the time we're done eating dinner, not to mention the time and energy it takes to cook the meal and then clean up afterwards. Um, After eating dinner at the end of the day, we actually have two options. And this is kind of what I'm going to talk about today. First option is that we can go with one of the most satisfying things, you know, always sounds like the best idea to me to do, especially after these busy days. And just decide that eat. we're going to eat dinner and we're going to just curl up on the couch. We're going to turn on our favorite show and we're just going to settle in for the night. That's like the most tempting option, right? That's what I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the best thing ever. Or there's a second option um, and that's to take a walk and to go walk, you know, after a meal for 20 to 30 minutes. 30 minutes obviously being the most ideal. And really, that's just 15 minutes out and 15 minutes back. Not that big of a deal. Pretty easy, right? But why is it so hard to sometimes just get our butts off the couch and out the door? I totally get it. Um, At the end of a long day, we all just want to sit and we want to relax. But I bet you can guess which of these two options is going to extend our waist size and which of these two options is actually going to extend our longevity. So yes, my life-changing advice is really simple, but it's super powerful. This is it. The one thing I think every woman, every person, but every woman should do after dinner is go for a walk, hands down. I believe that walking after dinner is the best thing that you can do for your metabolic health and your overall health. And guess what? There's actually a ton of science to back it up because, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast episode on the It's Her Time show without going through some of the science, right? Now, we all know that walking itself is its own solid form of gentle exercise, but doing it after eating any meal, not just dinner, even though that's the title of this episode, it does even more for our body. Things like boosting our metabolism, it helps to aid our digestion, it lowers our stress levels. You know, there are actually so many benefits to walking, especially after eating. And there's even a scientific name for it. You know, I love to throw these out there. New things we want to learn every day. I don't know if you'll ever use this word again or this term again, but here you go. The scientific name for it is postprandial exercise. Postprandial exercise. And what it does is that it helps lower our glycemic index and it does so significantly. It also blunts our blood sugar response after we eat, and then it reduces our insulin resistance. It improves our intestinal movement. So think better pooping, right? More regular pooping, no more more constipation. It also promotes better sleep, and it boosts our blood flow, which is so important. Um, Having good, healthy blood flow is going to help us to be able to better be able to deliver nutrients and oxygen to all of the cells and everything in our body, which is so, so important for how we feel and and for our overall health. So if your schedule allows you to schedule a short walk after every meal, um, or even if it's just your morning or your dinner meals, your body is going to thank you with better health. So wherever you're at right now, just know by doing this simple thing, you're going to be able to see pretty quickly better health. There's going to be some improvements. So I wanted to share, as I love to do in every episode, I love to share benefits like, right, that I think are going to be so compelling. (laughs) In fact, I know they're going to be so compelling that they're going to inspire you to want to start walking after your meals, even if it is just breakfast or just dinner or even just lunch, whatever, right? So these are my top five. There's obviously going to be more benefits than the things I'm mentioning on today's episode, but these are my top five. Okay. The first one, is 
how it improves our fasting blood sugar and our insulin sensitivity. And this is the benefit that I'm most excited to talk about because there are hundreds of millions of people struggling with metabolic dysfunction and blood sugar issues. It's pretty much a pandemic. It's pretty much every single human that walks this earth is is dealing with some type of struggle, right? And because improved blood sugar balance and insulin sensitivity is the biggest benefit, it's great to know how much research actually backs all of this up, okay? So let's talk about that because it's fun. Let's be geeky. Let's learn and look at the evidence, right? There are studies and evidence that suggest that exercising in that mid-postprandial phase of the feeding cycle, which is basically around that 30 to 120 minutes after you eat, that is when it is most effective in taming our glucose peak, okay? Now, there was a study that was done in 2016, and what happened in the study is that they examined um, over three dozen papers, and they had 615 total participants who had various metabolic conditions, things like diabetes or even pre-diabetes and obesity, which think about it. There's a lot of people walking around with these issues. The study, though, also included people without any diagnosed conditions. Um, The study, what it concluded is that exercising 30 minutes after eating is the ideal time to curb glucose levels. So let's talk about also why timing is so important um, for your post-meal walks and blood sugar. So that 30 minutes after meal, why is that so important to time it right? Exercise timing matters because of the mechanics of glucose uptake, okay? So when we eat, let's just break this down, make it simple. When we eat, what happens is our body takes the food that we eat, breaks it down, and then the glucose from that food enters into our bloodstream. It goes from our gut, and then it raises the blood sugar concentration in our blood, okay? So all of that's circulating. But when we exercise right away, what happens is that glucose is then quickly taken up by our muscle tissue. And that brings our blood sugar levels back down. Now, I always call muscle our longevity organ, okay? Because it's the more muscle mass that we have, the better our bodies are able to do this process. There's, It's gonna be able to think of those muscles as like these straws for glucose. It just like sucks it right up out of our blood and puts it to use. If our bodies aren't able to suck up this glucose that's floating around in there and we're not able to use it right away, guess what happens? That glucose then gets stored, stored for, you know, down the road and it gets stored as fat. All right. So the more muscle we can have, the better. So if you can, after you eat and have that glucose, you know, flowing through the blood, have muscle mass to help suck up some of that um, glucose. Great. And moving those muscles is the best way to do that. So what's going to happen too is then your body's glycemic balance What it does is it really depends on how quickly your meal-derived glucose or the glucose that comes from what we eat, how quickly it arrives in the blood, and then it also is determined by the rate at which exercise then draws upon this fuel, this glucose, right? So you can see how this really helps improve. And it's just, I think it's fun to picture like what's happening in the body. So give you an idea of like the process of all of this. And I think that's pretty motivating in and of itself. All right. Also, though, the food that we eat is also very important with timing um, post-meal exercise. So this is something that, you know, I hope that I'm just kind of looking at a couple different types of meals, like forms of meals that we have. 
it's important to understand that it's going to have a different effect on how quickly this glucose gets um, used or not used, okay? So for the same reason that timing is crucial, the type of food that we eat can also really affect when we should go on our our post-mill walks, okay? So there was a 2019 trial that looked at the optimal window for exercise around eating a 500-calorie liquid meal, okay? Because liquids are absorbed much faster by the body because it doesn't have to um, break down, you know, and then get turned into glucose. It's like basically pre-digested whenever you eat a liquid meal, it's pre-digested. So it kind of goes through our digestive tract so much faster, so much faster than solid food. So that's what this trial was looking at. So in this study, researchers examined the glucose response of 48 adults who um, went on a 30-minute walk or had some type of like 30, like did 30 minutes of physical activity at various times, depending um, whether it was before or after eating, or they just didn't do any exercise at all. And you're not going to be surprised, but guess what? Moving immediately after the liquid meal was clear, or I mean, after the meal was eaten, that was the clear winner. Okay. So walking and body weight exercises improved glucose levels. Now you understand how, what glucose is and what happens there when we exercise. But even standing upright after a meal offered a little bit of benefit too. So just not sitting, just like avoiding sitting actually can help make a huge improvement as well. Um, and then there were part- participants that at, that saw no impact on their glucose exposure or variability when exercising before. Like, so when they studied like what was going on with their glucose levels um, before um, they ate, there wasn't really a huge impact on the glucose. Um, so they saw no impact on glucose exposure or variability when exercising before or 30 minutes after or two hours after consumption of the liquid meal. So this is like when you have like a fruit smoothie for breakfast or for lunch or something like that. Um, but this also applies when you're eating fast absorbing things like carbohydrates, think fruit, think starchy foods, or anything that's processed like foods containing sugar or refined sugar. So the takeaway, just to simplify all this, the takeaway is that you may want to get moving right away, especially if you have eaten a meal that's liquid. Um, so I I know like there's different timing that is going to be applicable here, but like if you if it's a liquid meal and it's pre-digested, go right away. If it's a meal that has been is a solid meal, then waiting about thirty minutes or to uh, thirty to one hundred and twenty minutes is going to be the ideal for that. Does that make sense? I hope that made sense. So. You know, we want to, the takeaway here basically is that we want you guys to get moving right away if you can, if you've had something that's easily like broken down, um, something that's processed sugar or refined flour, things like that. Okay. Biggest takeaways on exercising after a meal and glucose levels are that, um, well, the evidence really what it shows is super clear. Whenever possible, just move, just move your body after eating, whether it's a liquid or a solid meal. And doing this, what this is going to do is it's going to help mobilize that post-meal glucose to fuel physical activity. So it's going to give you the energy you need for the movement, but it's also going to curb the spike that you would experience if you just sat down and you were just inactive. So I say, let's make it a goal. Like every, let's just try this. I just feel like if every woman tried this after finishing a meal, just go take a brisk walk for about 30 minutes because it's a really excellent habit to adopt anyways. 
I will say though that there are great studies too that show that just walking briskly for a minute and a half after um, every half hour throughout the day has significant benefits on overall daily glucose and insulin levels too. So if you don't have a half hour, just don't let that stop you. Just get up and move and try to do that. Another great tip and a really easy thing to do is to set a timer for every half hour to remind yourself to get up for just a minute or two to move your body. Um, you could do that timer on your phone. You you know, a lot of us wear those watches that um, kind of monitor our movements, our steps and things like that. There's ways to set timers on that as well and just give yourself a little reminder to get up and even move a minute, two minutes, not like 30 minutes. You still are gonna get benefit, but the, the sweet spot is that 30 minutes if you can. Okay, the second, <laughs> the second thing that I love, the um, benefit that comes from this that hopefully will convince you that this is a really great habit to implement is that it improves our digestion. So once we're done eating, what happens is our body starts working to break down all the different nutrients from our food in our gut, right? And so then what happens is our body absorbs and then it transports things like proteins and electrolytes and water and vitamins and carbohydrates and all the other nutrients. It takes it through our body and then it takes those nutrients wherever they're needed. So this process can be improved by walking after eating because walking has been found to play a significant role in reducing um, gastric emptying. So this happens by reducing the time that food moves through the gastrointestinal tract, which results in faster digestion. And that also can also help with like less bloating and all of those things that kind of come um, after eating. So by moving your body, what you're doing is you're helping things to move within it as you process the food you just ate. And this is especially helpful if you tend to get sluggish after a meal. There's a lot of women that I talk to, people that I talk to that are like, I eat and I feel really tired. In fact, it's one of the things that when I was taking on um, clients, it was in like a, a health, you know, we would have like this sit down and we would really go through kind of what was going on with their health history and and kind of what symptoms, you know, maybe they weren't even like paying attention to, but I wanted them to think like, how do you feel after you eat a meal? And if you're somebody that feels really tired, you feel like eating actually zaps your energy, that's a huge sign that your uh, metabolism is not working ideally and or optimally. So it's something to pay attention to. So, you know, doing what we just talked about can really help all of that improve. Okay, the third benefit is that it decreases stress. And we all know that exercise is one of the best ways to reduce stress. And my favorite, um, personal favorite form of exercise is to um, to help me to reduce my stress and also to process overwhelming feelings and all of that is to go for a walk. It used to be I'd go for a run, but actually I've learned that just walking and kind of not even feeling like I have to go super fast or anything, but just walking or hiking in nature I always have found that like my best ideas and my my creativity come to me when I'm walking in nature because I'm away from the day's tasks and it helps my mind to feel clear and happy and all of that. And and speaking of happy, let's just talk about how exercise and endorphins are all involved in this as well. So when we exercise, you girls know that the body releases endorphins, okay? Those are those amazing feel-good chemicals that create that that like natural high that we hear about. And as a side benefit, what happens is that this, you know, this release of these really feel good, you know, these feel good chemicals significantly reduces the release of stress hormones. And it actually can rewire the brain to reduce your stress response patterns. Because a couple episodes back, we talked about that. We talked about how important 
um, it is to to really support like healthy brain or stress response patterns and how much the brain is involved in that and that it is possible to actually rewire the brain to help you to reduce your stress response patterns. So walking and then also what comes with it is that breath work that you know you're breathing deeper, it's a little more relaxed. These are really powerful ways to move you um out of feeling stressed. It's honestly it's it's awesome. I love it. So whether you're taking a casual walk or you are taking a brisk walk, you know, after meal. What it does is it's going to help produce and release the feel-good hormone serotonin. Now, let's talk specifically about serotonin. Serotonin is a transmitter or neurotransmitter that does so many things. What it does is it helps to promote good sleep. It also helps to regulate appetite and it helps to improve learning and it helps to keep our memory really strong. It also helps to increase positive feelings. So if you're feeling low, you're feeling kind of depressed or anxious and things like that, um, really negative and kind of stuck in those patterns, serotonin's your friend. You want you want more serotonin production. Um, so even an easy, relaxing walk after a meal can help you reap the same calm-boosting benefits. So walking after meals creates a calming effect on the body, which can improve your mood and your focus and your concentration. So it's not just good for your physical health. It's actually really great for your mental health too. All right, number four um, benefits that come from taking a walk after a meal is that it helps to boost blood flow. Now, I talked about this just a little bit, but let's go into it a little bit more. When you're walking, you're letting your body pump more blood throughout all its systems, which is especially beneficial if you can do it right after you've eaten. Um, Your muscles, your brain, your heart are so beyond grateful because blood flow obviously is so critical to all of these organs. But what it can do is walking induces blood flow to your limbs and to all of your organs. And it helps to increase better circulation because the movement will result in a healthier vascular system. And also when we move and do all of this, it, it will help us to better transport the necessary nutrients to our bones and our muscles and all of our organs so that all of those things can work more efficiently. All right, let's talk about how doing this these little walks after every meal can actually um, give us our fifth benefit that I want to talk about, and that's improved sleep. So while you might be tempted to curl up and fall asleep after a big meal, and believe me, I often want to do that too, what happens is if you take a short walk, it'll actually help you to sleep better at night so that you're not going to feel like you're dragging throughout the day because you're getting the good quality sleep that you need every single night. Walking after eating promotes a faster and deeper sleep as serotonin, that you know, nice neurotransmitter that we just talked about, serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. Now, you girls have become familiar with melatonin because that's our sleep hormone, and we talk a lot about that. But taking the time to clock some steps after dinner in the evening, what it does is it also sets our circadian rhythm, um, and it sets it up for success. It naturally boosts melatonin levels, and then it helps our body to, like our digest, our whole digestive system to digest your food quicker, and that gives your body more time um, to reset and get ready for bed. The other thing that I love is that, um, especially if you can take a walk outside, I know I've I know I've talked about this in other episodes too, so it might be repeating, but for those that maybe haven't heard every episode that we've ever recorded— there's a really cool thing. Our body is just so connected to nature. And when we're walking outside after a meal, especially if it's when the sun is low in the horizon, it's just kind of, you know, about to set. There's something that happens in our brain 
um, it notices that. And so it's a signal to our body to release melatonin to help you prepare for sleep. Now, so many of us girls, so many people, I keep saying that girls, because that's who's listening, I think, but there's probably a few of you guys out there too. As people, what that does is um, we're so, we're very melatonin deficient because we are exposed to a lot of stress and artificial light and, you know, a lot of things that disrupt our ability, like too much caffeine throughout the day, things like that, that, that really affect our body's ability to, to produce enough and to release melatonin at the correct time. So just getting outside and giving your body that signal that it's time is huge. So if you're having a trouble, you know, trouble sleeping, this is a really great strategy. So go for that walk, but also go for the walk outside if you can, so that your your eyeballs can see that sun, you know, low in the horizon. And that's going to help you sleep so much better too. All right, but let's talk about how to incorporate post-meal walks into our daily routine. Because sometimes I know it sounds really easy, but why aren't we doing it all the time, right? I know that all of these top five super compelling benefits that I've just shared with you for adding 20 to 30 minutes of exercise after your meals is just gonna, you know, get you going right in, right away. I, I know, I guarantee it. But I also recommend just starting out slow because I feel like when we go like gung-ho, sometimes we burn out kind of quick. And so what I'm just gonna say is let's just keep it simple and let's just start with one thing. I'm gonna recommend starting with one meal, Okay. You, it could be any one of the meals of your day, but just after one meal, I want you to incorporate a post-meal walk to whichever meal is the easiest to add a walk to. Even if it's just for 10 to 15 minutes, I just want you to get moving. So in your mind, think about it through your day. Like when is it that you would, you'd have time to be able to get a little bit longer walk in after? Is it breakfast? Is it lunch? Is it dinner? Um, just make it a goal, just one. I mean, it's great if you can do all three, but let's not overwhelm ourselves there. And let me tell you what my personal walking routine is. And this is just because people ask. Um, I personally walk twice a day. I like getting out in the morning and getting that sunshine in my eyes because that, again, is going to set me up at night because seeing sun go into my eyeballs in the morning is actually what helps my body to be able to release cortisol, which is gonna give me energy throughout the day and prepare melatonin to be produced and ready to be released when it's supposed to at night. Okay, so I personally walk twice a day in the morning um, before jumping into work, um, but then I also like to go right around that sunset for the reasons that I already uh, mentioned. These are the easiest times for me to walk. And I like to go, I mean, I've, I don't always have to go for this long, but I like to walk for like 30 to 45 minutes. I typically also like to work out in the morning before I break my fast. So before I eat or have breakfast, breakfast. And then I try to step outside and walk when I'm on a call, like if I'm on a phone, you know, meeting or something like that. Um, but it's always my goal to walk after dinner. But this sometimes depends on when dinner happens in my house. So I'm not going to just put it out there that, yes, this is my, I'm not a robot and I don't have like something just always set in stone. But these are the things that work really great for me. And most days, this is my routine. And it's something that I love and look forward to and have really um, benefited from, benefited from it because, and that's why I'm like sharing this information with you because I'm like, you know what? What's the one thing that I think could really make a huge difference if we just all implemented it? And I was like, duh, this is it. This is something that, we got to talk about, even though it's simple. Um, so I want you girls to fit your walks in your routine whenever possible for you. I get it with little kids or a difficult schedule. Sometimes it can be tricky, you know, to walk at the same time or to incorporate post-mill exercise every single day. 
Um, honestly, that's why every year at New Year's, I always like pick a word that's going to be my word for the year. And I've had words like nourish, but this year it's surrender. And I won't go into why that is, but that is kind of the same idea. I just am like surrender, do what works, do what you can. Don't be so like all or nothing. I think that's what I needed help with. So, um, if you have a more consistent work and meal schedule, then I invite you to adjust it just a little bit to fit in a walk after your meals. But if your schedule is not consistent like mine, it's just important to just get it in whenever you can fit it in, right? So remember, the goal is to move your body as much as possible throughout the day. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard the, the phrase, sitting is the new smoking. Many of us sit at our desks a lot, day in, day out, and this all contributes to a sluggish metabolism. The more we can remedy this daily, um, the better it is for our health. So if you can kind of get out of that just routine of sitting, sitting, sitting and move more, it's going to really pay off. So this is why I love non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's also known as NEAT. So if you think of the word N-E-A-T, NEAT, um, which stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, or you can think of it as the energy that's expended from just general daily activities. I often call this my accidental exercise um, things that just like, it's not my, like what I just you did. I just got home right before I um, recorded this episode, you know, from my workout. And I, I'll have like an hour or, you know, half hour or whatever, half hour to an hour of a workout. But then it's all the things like getting up and down and, and walking here and there and doing my shopping and running my errands and cleaning my house and cooking our meals and all of that. That's like accidental exercise. It still counts. It totally counts. And that's what NEAT is. Um, and it pays off. It it helps to really impact the number of calories that our, our body burns each day and how well our body's able to stabilize and become more sensitive to insulin and things like that. So by moving more in your daily life, you're going to see a huge improvement in your metabolism. That's for sure. So That's the goal. That's what I'm trying to like really encourage all of us to do. I invite you girls to look for more opportunities to move throughout your day. And some simple ways to get a bit more activity in your daily routine include things like my kids tease me all the time because this is something I've done their whole life. I'll park my car further from the entrance of whatever I'm going into. So whether it's my office or some store that we're walking into, I always try to park away and my kids they just used to tease me like, why are we parking so far away? And I'm like, I got to get my steps. And they're like, okay, you know, so, (laughs) but it adds up. So these little, these little habits and little things, funny things we do actually pay off. The other thing, and I know we've heard this, this is nothing due, but try to take the stairs instead of the elevator or the escalator or things like that. Um, Or if you've got a little bit of time, go up and down a flight of stairs. If you've got some um, in your house or at your office, Um, makes a huge difference. Also, this is one too that I've kind of implemented over the last couple of years. And I actually feel like it helps me to focus and to be better. Like um, I have better concentration and am able to retain a lot of information better when I'm walking or if I'm, I mean, when I'm on a phone meeting or if I'm like listening to a podcast or I'm something, if I also walk at the same time, it really helps. So walk around your house during a phone call. Don't just sit down and take that call. Get up and get that movement happening. And you know what? You're getting, I know it's multitasking and it's it's okay to sit every once in a while. I'm just saying we sit too much. So find these little opportunities where you would be sitting, maybe get up and move a little bit. And it actually, I feel like helps um, 
improve the phone call. It helps improve my ability to learn and retain information. Also, another thing that I like to do and something that you could do without having to leave wherever you're at, and that's just to do 20 squats during a three-minute work break. So have, give yourself a break. You don't, you don't, you don't have to think like, a, okay, think like a school schedule. When we were little kids and we ha- were going to elementary school or cis school, we had class bells. Do you remember this? And so we would have like a certain, a lot of time where we were supposed to be focusing on math and in uh, English and whatever it is, science, whatever it is that we were learning, but then the bell would ring and then we would move from that, um, activity and we would have time to just like kind of have either recess or we would have like a little time to kind of get to our next class or to transition in some way. But so imagine that, like if you, whatever it is your day, whatever your day looks like or wherever you are, think of it as kind of a school day schedule. Give yourself time to do certain activities, but then give yourself a bell, (laughs) a little break to kind of take time to move your body or to go get some water or to do some kind of self-care, whether it's taking deep breaths in and out or whatever, do something good. And if you can do for like three minutes, some, you know, do 20 squats, that's going to make a big difference. going to help build that muscle. It's going to help get that blood flow going. It's going to give you a lot of the benefits that you get from walking, but you don't have to leave your office or your house to do that. So basically girls, I know this is simple. I, it's not like groundbreaking science here that going for a walk is beneficial for you. But what I want to do is encourage you to just think about it. And if it's not currently part of your um, healthy habit, you know, routine, then let's add it. Even if it's just after one meal, it's going to make a huge difference. The bottom line is the more we move, the more calories we're going to burn and our overall mindset and our metabolism is going to improve And that's going to help improve our hormone balance. It's going to help improve our energy. It's going to do all of the things that I know we all want to, you know, to have happen for us to feel our best. So let's add in more walks. Let's get in those steps because they add up and they count when it comes to our hormone health and our overall health and our longevity and all of these good things. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope that you learned something new today, or maybe you were just reminded about how awesome our bodies are um, when we can be consistent with healthy habits, like moving more, taking those walks, you know, doing those things. All of that pays off. We feel amazing. Our life really is our medicine. Um, what I mean by that is that how we move, how we eat, how we fill our time can either help heal us or it can hurt us. So we really only have one body. And so we want to do everything we can to take really great care of it every single day. I'd love to hear from you about what you thought about this episode and of course, previous episodes. I want to know, are you enjoying what you're learning? I hope so. Let us know by leaving a rating and review. Super easy. It's going to take you just a couple minutes, but we really appreciate it more than you know. And as always, I always encourage you girls to share this episode with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. And I want to make sure too that you realize that we're here every single week. We love having these conversations. We release these episodes every single Tuesday. So be sure to join us again next week for another episode that is inspired by your questions that you guys are sending us. That's where we get these ideas um, from because so many of you reach out to us and let us know the things that you're struggling with or the things that you would like to learn. And we really appreciate that. So stay tuned because next next week's episode is gonna be good. It's gonna be one that 
is a common question. It's a it's something that a lot of you girls are dealing with or you know somebody. This is either your sister, your mom, your best friend, somebody you know, another, a girl in your life that you know is probably facing this and is needing a little bit of help and guidance. And I can't wait to provide that for you. So have a very healthy and happy week. And thanks again for tuning in. I will talk with you again next week. Bye.